Good evening and welcome to our Ash Wednesday service. It's the beginning of the season of Lent, a time when we pause to reflect on the suffering and dying of our Lord Jesus to give us eternal life. We do that with our midweek Wednesday services. The theme for our services this year is based on three simple words, statements that were made by Jesus during the time of his suffering. Tonight we focus on the words, is it I? Please join with me in our opening responses that you find on page one. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, may the Lord Almighty grant us a quiet night and peace at the last. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praise to your name, O Most High to herald your love in the morning, your truth at the close of day. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. We'll continue as we sing hymn number 98, the first three stanzas of Jesus, I will ponder now. services we 
take time to read a portion of the history part of our Lord's suffering. Tonight we begin in the upper room. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread, called the Passover, was approaching. Jesus said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas. They plotted to arrest Jesus in some sly way and kill him. But not during the feast, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. Judas asked, what are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They counted out for him 30 silver coins. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus sent two of his disciples, Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it, they asked. He replied, go into the city. As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters. Say to the owner of the house he enters, the teacher says my appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. Where is the guest room? where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. He will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. In the evening, at the proper hour, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. A dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them. And those who exercise authority over them are given the title benefactor. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my Father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world 
and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Once you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus took the cup, gave thanks, and said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you I will not drink it again, again from the fruit of the vine, from now until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. I am not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen. But this is to fulfill the scripture. He who shares my bread has lifted up his heel against me. I am telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am he. I tell you the truth. Whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me. And whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. After Jesus had said this, he was deeply troubled and testified, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. The hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. His disciples were very sad. They stared at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant and began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. One after the other, they began to say to him, Surely, not I, Lord. Jesus replied, It is one of the twelve. The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. 
The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. The disciple whom Jesus loved was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, Ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus answered, Yes, it is you. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. What you are about to do, do quickly, Jesus told him. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the feast or give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out, and it was night. This ends the portion of the reading for this evening. We now ask the 6th through 8th graders to come forward to sing, My worth is not what I owe.
Have you ever had some interesting conversations at dinner time? Now, at the dinner meal, I'm sure you have some conversations that deal with, well, how was your day today? If you have kids, it's like, well, what homework do you have? Well, right after supper, make sure you get going on that homework. It might be something else, too. Well, what's the schedule like for the rest of the week? Do you have to go somewhere? Do you have a basketball game to get to? How are we going to work out the transportation? Oh, there was something interesting that happened at school or at work today. So it's kind of that routine stuff, mundane stuff. But have you ever had a real interesting, in-depth conversation? I bet that was, that is what was going on that night in the upper room with Jesus and his disciples. It was kind of a festive event. It was the Passover. The, the town was crowded with a lot of visitors. So no doubt they were talking about how things were getting busy around town. They were looking forward to that wonderful Passover meal, kind of taking some pride in themselves as the, the Jewish nation, the, the people of God. But then it took a little bit of an interesting turn. The Gospels record for us that uh, the disciples started to have a little bit of a debate. Who was the greatest among them? That's what they were interested in. Oh, I'm sure they're all thumping their chests a little bit, you know, doing the man macho stuff like, well, I did this and I did that. And then Jesus kind of drops a bombshell in the middle of their discussion. Without a doubt, he was the greatest one there. And what does he do? He wraps a towel around his waist and gets on his hands and his knees and starts washing those dirty feet. I'm sure that quieted the room and brought an end to that discussion. What is he doing, they were probably thinking. We know that Peter even kind of protested, oh, you're not going to wash my feet, Lord, that's below you. Well, Jesus straightened him out. He told them all they needed to follow his example. Greatness wasn't about who was the most powerful or, or who had performed the greatest feat, but rather who would serve others. But Jesus wasn't done with his part of the conversation. He dropped another bombshell. When it was evening, he reclined at the table with the twelve, and as they were eating, he said, Truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. Is it I? Three 
simple words, but packed with a powerful truth. I'm sure that the disciples, when they were asking Jesus that question, is it I, is it I, were probably expecting Jesus to say, no, it's not you, no, it's not you, because they were all probably saying, oh, I would never do that, I'm too good. And so maybe they were looking for some verification that it wasn't me. But yet we're told that when Jesus revealed that, they were all sad. You see, maybe they remembered something about themselves. That they were all capable of betraying Jesus. They were all well aware of their shortcomings their sinfulness. If we were part of that dinner discussion, we maybe would have asked that too. Is it, is it I, Lord? And maybe like them, we would have been expecting the answer to be, no, it's not you. Or maybe we would have been a little sad too, thinking, yeah, it could be me. I do it. There are times when I don't live by faith the way I should. I don't say the loving words that I should say. I'm patient, not helpful. I'm not thinking of others first. There are times when I could say something about Jesus to somebody else, but I hold back. No, it's not the right time. No, I don't want to embarrass myself. No, I don't want to get into a big discussion. And I find that I might betray Jesus too. Then he comes to Judas. And he's looking right at him. Judas says, Surely it's not I, Rabbi. Oh, Judas, you knew. Boy, what did he know? He had just spent three years with Jesus. He heard all sorts of wonderful, powerful teaching. He knew who Jesus was. He had seen him perform wonderful miracles. In fact, he had participated in some of that. After Jesus fed the 5,000, those disciples went out into the crowd and gathered up all the leftovers. They had more at the end than they started with. He had all sorts of evidence. He knew who Jesus was. He saw him calm storms in nature, cast out demons, heal sick, heal the lame, heal the blind, even raise the dead. Is it I, Rabbi? Yeah, it's you. How could he? How could he, after all he had seen, it's because what's wrong with Judas is what's also wrong with all of us. There's a weakness in us that's very powerful. That sounds like a contradiction, doesn't it? A weakness in us that's very powerful, that can trip us up very easily, that can knock us down very easily. It's called sin. We have a sin nature. Is it I? Yes, it is I. 
and I need to repent of my sin. You see, it's more than just a weakness. It's a death sentence. It's not like it's a cold and it'll go away in a few days. It's terminal. Just drive past the cemetery. Go to a funeral service. It's terminal. Is it I? Yes. It's I. The scripture tells us that God's word is like a scalpel, a sharp double-edged sword that can cut right down to our very thoughts and attitudes. And it reveals our sinfulness. And there is a cure. There is a cure. We simply need to turn to that cure. And that's repentance. Let's do that now. As the scriptures lead us in prayer to repent of our sins and appealing to the mercy of God. We're going to do that with one of the psalms, one of the hymns from the Bible. It's printed in your bulletin on page 4. We're going to do it in a responsive format. The soloist and those with her are going to sing the refrain that you see on page 4. They'll sing it through once for us, and then we will respond and sing it again. And then they will sing the verses of the psalm. And as you turn the page, you will see that we won't disperse it by singing that refrain once again. So let's sing Psalm 51. Be merciful, O Lord.
And the Lord is merciful. Is it I? Yes, it is I. But look who's standing at the center of the room. Look who is the center of the conversation, the messenger. It's Jesus. And listen again to what he said. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him. He will go. He will go because he is going to save me from my sins. It is I for whom he goes. He's the Son of Man. The title that was given by the scriptures to the Savior. He is the Son of God who became the Son of Man, who came into this world to be us, to be in our place, to live for us, to go through all the temptations we go through, to go through all the struggles, the rejections, the challenges, the sicknesses, the hurts, the suffering, the dying. And he did it all perfectly without any sin. Because the Son of Man is also the Son of God. The one who created this perfect world. The one who was promised to come and save the sinful world. The one who came to be here for us. It is I for whom he goes to rise. After this conversation, Jesus would head out to the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples to be strengthened in his spirit and determination to carry out the will of the Father. And he was. And then he spoke three words to his disciples as everything, the betrayal, would now unfold. His words, rise, let's go. Those are words for us. To go this season with Jesus to see what he did for us. How he would let himself be arrested and put on a trial accused falsely of things. To be beaten and mocked by Roman soldiers. To have a death sentence spoken on him when he was innocent. Carry a cross, carry our sin, guilt, to suffer the wrath of God that we deserve and will not face, to be buried as one day we might, but to rise again as one day we too will and then to see him rise to his throne and rule over all things, it is I, the one for whom he came to save. And finally, it is I whom he will welcome into the eternal mansions of heaven. 
Three powerful words. It is I. I'm saved. Amen. Let us respond to God's word and the passion of our Lord, singing the final three stanzas of hymn number 98. We'll start with stanzas four, five, and six.
We continue with our prayers for the evening. Please rise. We continue on page six. Dear friends, let us approach God with a true heart and confess our sins, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to forgive us. Lord of life, I confess that I am by nature dead in sin. For faithless worrying and selfish pride, for sins of habit and sins of choice, for the evil I have done and the good I have failed to do, you should cast me away from your presence forever. Like the disciples, I have boldly declared loyalty to you, only to fail to proclaim your name. I have foolishly listened to the devil's lies, only to be crushed with guilt and shame. Lord, I am sorry for my sins. Forgive me for Jesus' sake. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. In his great mercy, God made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in our sins. So hear the word of Christ through his called servant. I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O God, our Father, by your mercy and might, the world turns safely into darkness and returns again to light. We place into your hands our unfinished tasks, our unresolved problems, and our unfulfilled hopes, knowing that only what you bless will prosper. To your great love and protection, we commit each other and all those we love, knowing that you alone are our sure defender. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. The almighty and merciful Lord, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, bless us and keep us, amen. You may be seated. We close our worship tonight with an evening hymn, number 592. The lights in the sanctuary will be dimmed to reflect the darkness outside, but also the darkness of the world, with only the light of the candles and the light on the cross reminding us of that true light, who is Jesus. The words for the hymn will be displayed on the screen.
It is our prayer that uh, God will strengthen you during this time of Lent with the assurances.